All right, yeah. so it looks like people are joining in. Welcome to the Gospel of Two Wheels, where the coffee's hot, the bikes are fast, and your comments are thankfully super ridiculous. Fridays, good to see you. Uh, Zach, Colorado Dirt Bikes for Life, Bruce Kennedy, awesome to see you guys all here. We are here today with the one and only, the legendary Dan North of True North Motos. Um, he makes all kinds of stuff. We're just going to jump right in and we're going to say, Dan, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, and how much you like dirt bikes. Um, I'll start with how much I like dirt bikes. Uh, dirt bikes kind of kind of saved me from my mom passing at a young age and uh, I got into riding and got into with a really group, good group of guys and it kind of just saved me from a bad spot. Um, so I've had this passion ever since then uh, and, and I started building bikes when I was about 16. Um, it was the first time I truly tore a bike down to engine frame and built it from the ground up. And it was something I did on the side forever and built wiring harnesses for people. Uh, and it just, some, one day my buddy said, hey, I'll buy, your, I'll buy your business license if you build me a wiring harness. I was like, all right. And then I built a website and started building more and more and it just took off. I just quit my regular day job about four months ago and awesome. yeah, it's full time now. So nice. True North Motors is, uh, you know, we build, we specialize in racks for lightweight adventure travel for KTM 500s, 350s, Husqvarna's uh, with saw mounts or mounting luggage on to, to do multi-day trips. Uh, and then mainly the big thing is lighting harnesses, dual sport kits, um, and just kind of accessory power and, and things like that as well. Right on. I, uh, that's how we ended up meeting was, uh, through the 300 XC, the, you know, the game changer, we're calling it. And, uh, <laughs> um, I saw you had, um, awesome wiring harness. You got a hold of me and I'm stoked because the thing I like about your harness is the fact that it does, will not kill the battery when you shut the bike off. Um, I mean, yeah. any, any moron like myself could build a wiring harness that runs off the battery to a switch to turn the light on. I mean, that's pretty simple. Um, you know, I, I can do a good job and make it look nice, but that's not awesome with a bike that doesn't have a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was kind of my, my go-to with all of our kits is to make it so it shuts off after the bike shuts off, you know, and there's no parasitic draw. There's nothing that's going to happen there. Um, and I just wanted to build better kits where you're not cluttering up your bars with a bunch of different switches, you know, yeah. and using quality components that aren't going to fail. I mean, here in Washington, um, you know, we, we have really rainy weather and the switches and, and that I've used in the past with other kits, they get wet. And then all of a sudden my horns just blaring in the middle of the night in the garage or, you know, <laughs> the turn signals on when I come out in the morning and I'm like, all right, there's got to be a better way. Like I, I'm going to make something better, you know? So, yeah, that's awesome. And I, yeah, it's, it's super cool. I actually, uh, you got a compliment from the, the shop here in town. Uh, when I took my bike, uh, so and by the way, guys who are watching this, if you're watching this live, please ask questions. Let us know if you're watching this afterwards, ask questions and we'll get back to you for sure. Um, but, uh, I took my bike to get the reflash to, fix the whole power valve code dumb whatever anyway um and by the way i accidentally tested that again tonight <laughs> and it works it does not come on nice. i'm happy nice. i gotta go do uh, that to mine i was like i didn't want to do it but i i got my mitts on yeah you can kind of see right there uh i got my mitts on for my hands because we're riding in the snow now and so um i was reaching up to shut the bike off to you know start and whatever and i accidentally i'm like oh god and i looked down and it wasn't flashing i was so stoked um, yeah, but the mechanic, the he's a, you know, KTM train official mechanic. When he took the seat off, he's like, well, what's this? Cause you know, the OBD plug wasn't plugged where it was supposed to be. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's my wiring harness. And he's like, oh, so he checked it out and he's like, dude, that's sick. And I'm like, yeah, it's really nice. True North motos. So who knows? Hopefully Davis service center will get a hold of you and buy Sweet. some harnesses from you too. So, um, yeah. they sell a ton of KTMs. Uh, I, they're, they're the only, well, I mean, there's a KTM shop in Gunnison. There's one in Grand Junction, but like, I don't know. They sell a freaking boatload of KTM. So, who, you know, maybe we'll get you some more business there too. It'd be awesome. Sweet. Hell yeah. 
Uh, Bruce Kennedy says, must be some electronics training along the way. Do you ever train anything or you just figured it all out? Nope, no, no electronics training, just figured it all out. Nice. It's, it's just something that I, I taught myself over the years, wiring stuff in. And then, I mean, you know, obviously researching and, and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Zach Stanford asks, are you going to continue to make the 22 XC harness even though the 23 is out? Uh, definitely, because they use a different diagnostic port. So we will definitely continue to make those. And those basically will fit any fuel-injected bike from 2011 was the first KTM fuel-injected bike um, all the way up to the 22 because they all use the same OBD2 port. So, gotcha. uh, yes, we will definitely continue to make those. Nice. Uh, Frank K said he's just about to buy Nitro Mooses. Should I do the balls instead? Um, <laughs> it's funny. Sorry. The whole Moose Balls thing has been pretty fun. Um, so have you used those yet, Dan? I have not. I have not. I'm still. I'm still a nitro moose guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm yeah, a hard I'm, I'm core. Tried... Go ahead. It it kind of looks like a even more of a pain in the ass to install than shoving the moose in the tire. I don't know. It, it's not actually. I mean, it takes a little longer, right? Like because you got to load them all in there, um, and you got to grease yeah. them all like each individually and whatever. Um, but the install once they're in there and then onto the wheel is actually easier, I would say, because they're squishier than nitros. Like, I'm a big okay. Nitro Moose fan. Like, Jeff takes care of me, uh, whatever. Like, he's an awesome guy, and I love him, and I like Nitro Mooses. But um, Intech is who sent me the, the Moose Balls. They they watch all my stuff, and they're like, yeah, dude, we like you to try these things. I'm like, okay, great, I'll try them. Uh, and what's cool about them is they're about a pound lighter per wheel, which is... Oh, wow. A kind of a giant amount for rotating unsprung weight <laughs> like yeah. they're a lot lighter um and then the foam feels it's well it's the same company that makes pirelli mooses and if you've ever used a pirelli moose they are in my opinion they are the gold standard of mooses they're just stupid expensive um yeah the last time i looked at a set they're like 250 dollars a piece oh wow um, I got one set given to me years ago and I was like, I didn't want to let them go. Like I wanted to just like, I wanted to like sleep with them. They were so good. <laughs> and I finally, you know, I think I sold that bike and whatever anyway, but like, oh, they're so good. And they lasted forever. So these moose balls, I, uh, Mason Ottersberg, who's a pro, um, and he does a lot of desert racing and uh, works and stuff like that. They sent him a set and, um, he got a hold of me when he saw I had them, and he said he's got 60 plus hours on a set of them with like, and they they look perfect. Like he's gonna put another tire, you know, no big deal. That's so, that's pretty impressive. I mean, yeah, if you can get 60 hours out of it, then yeah. yeah, and and they they're like I said, the lightness is is a big deal. Like I mean, that's a that's a pretty big situation on unsprung and rotating weight. Um, I'm not a big weight weenie. Like I don't care if my bike is heavy, but wheels being heavy makes a big difference. Um, oh yeah. So um, yeah, they're cool. They're they're expensive. They're 189 bucks retail, but um, you know if they last 60% longer than you know whatever. I mean it doesn't really matter at that point. So. Well yeah. So I mean sometimes it's better to buy quality the first time instead of buying stuff over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Mark Dennington. So did they come out with a reflash to fix the FI fault? Yes. Um, it's a mandatory ma uh, map. And that's actually a quick, interesting situation. At least my dealer, when I went there, they t at first they're like, listen, we got to charge you for this because KTM is not allowing us to bill them for this remap. I'm like, it's a mandatory remap. And, and they're like, yeah, I'm like, whatever. I say, yeah, I don't care. Here's the money. Like it's 50 bucks, just whatever. But they got back to me. Uh, McKinney's like, hey, Morgan, don't blast KTM too hard yet because I'm finding out. I think we're going to be able to refund you and bill them and get it all taken care of. So, um, yeah, I, which they should. I mean, it's a whatever. <laughs> it's their fault <laughs> that they built yeah. something like that. So, um, uh, Cliff Anderson, I do need to put the phrase whatever on a T-shirt. <laughs> Cause that's exactly <laughs> how I feel half the time. These morons anyway, whatever. 
There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so does Elko make the cylinder? Uh, Elko, I think you mean, I don't know if it's Elko, the 23, what about the piston? No, so I don't know about my 23 piston. I do have one on order. I'm waiting for that to come in before I tear the top end off of this thing. Uh, when I do, I'm gonna do a, a top end just to, I mean, it's gonna be way early, but I'm gonna do it just to show everybody. I don't know if the XC's got crappy pistons like the XCW's, but um, have you guys seen any of the W's blow up yet, Dan? I haven't had one coming to the shop. I mean, I've been following, you know, all the, the reports and stuff like that. I have yet to hear of any XC uh, having an issue. So, you know, I don't think the XC's used them, but until, yeah. until you tear into it or I do, you know, um, I, who knows for sure, you know. Yeah, we have a uh, guy. I did, I did my bike up to to eighty two miles an hour yesterday on GPS, which was pretty impressive. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had mine on the radar um, at a race. Every lap, I was doing seventy three, and that was pretty much taped down a piece of pavement, like with a radar gun on us, because it was just they had a like your speed is thing down this big long straightaway. Yeah, yep. And it's I mean I've had it wide open lots of times. It's been fine. So whatever. Um, let's see, longevity Mine. for balls over a one-piece moose would make them, yeah, exactly, make them worthwhile. Uh, Scott Coplin, yeah, the, my dealer's a little bit by the book sometimes with the whole charging thing. He's, da, 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 da. Um, and I haven't seen, but we did have a guy here that follows us online that had his, uh, piston crack. Like, the skirt cracked, went down through the motor, and it didn't do the whole explosion thing like they, the pictures online, but it, like, it busted a skirt and went, and uh, the bike has, what do you say, 30 hours on it, 40 hours on it? So, yeah. it's That's not, a bummer. not awesome. Um, so, Dan, let's talk about your fleet of motorcycles that you ride. Well, I don't know if you have a fleet, but what do you what do you ride? Obviously, you have a 23XC. What else do you ride? Yep. Uh, I have a 23450XCFW, um, which just replaced my 500 XEFW 2020. Uh, that bike was super interesting to me because it's the first time that KTM had their enduro motor in a long time with no emissions and a full unlocked ECU. Yeah. Uh, so that that has a that has a full build on it. Motor is amazing. Not as many vibes as a 500 uh, when you're riding dual sport stuff. It's very smooth, but it revs a lot freer than a 500. And I, I really I really love that bike. I mean, I almost, I, I, if I had to pick between my 300 and my 450, I don't know which one I would pick, to be honest. So, well, it sounds like you bikes, guys do a lot uh, of dual sport stuff, right? We, I haven't actually dual sport rode in a while. We've been doing a lot more, you know, racing stuff and, and just trail riding. But yeah, we go out. I was a guide for my buddy's company called Grip Twister Tours down in Baja for seven years. So yeah. we'd go down and take a group of like six to eight guys and guide them for 11, 1200 miles, uh, through Baja over seven days. So nice. that, that was a big thing. That's kind of where the rack came from was something that would hold up and hold 30 pounds. Cause we'd go up and we'd go one year to do it or one time a year to do a tour. And we go another time to update the GPS track and make sure everything goes through before we took the next tour. And so that trip, we'd pretty much camp off the bike the entire time where the tour we'd go, you know, uh, motel to motel basically. And the chase truck would meet us there. So that's where the rack came from. I wanted something that would hold up in Mexico. Right on. So, uh, but yeah, we, we do, we do dual sport rides around the Olympics and around all the cascades around here too, a few times a year. Do you have, uh, so you said you do racks for the Huskies. How does that work with the, the composite subframe? Cause that's, that's, that's a question for me. I don't know if anybody else is wondering that, but like, I'm wondering. That. Uh, it, it works. It's harder to tie in than the aluminum. Uh, I would say it's close to as strong, but not as strong as, as the aluminum subframe. Uh, okay. you know, I, I got away from Husky because of the composite in 2020 and it sent me back to KTM because before that I was on a 17501 <clears throat> and that was my main bike for you know, 180 hours or 200 hours I put on that bike. Um, but then, you know, the aluminum subframe is just, is better in my opinion. 
you know, lots of guys don't have problems with their Huskies and that's great. I'm not here to bash, bash Huskies, no. but yeah. you know, I, I, I definitely prefer the aluminum one. It's just got. <clears throat> uh Oh, we lost Dan for a second. His internet connection is not super rad. He can probably hear me right now. Hopefully, um, he's going to be right back though. Um, uh, let's see, Dan, we lost you for a little bit. Um, there, uh, but you, you were talking about basically saying that the, the aluminum subframe, I, I would agree. I like the aluminum subframe. That's why I never, I did own one Husqvarna. Uh, I owned a 15 TC 250 and I, I, I honestly hated working on it because the subframe was just a pain. Like it was like, yeah. everything was t anyway, I wasn't a fan. I never broke mine. Like I've seen lots of them break, but, um, I never broke mine. Um, I'm a big fan. What do you what do you think about the new subframe, the the mix? What do you think about that? I wish they would have kept it aluminum. Yeah, <laughs> I think too. it's I think it's going to be stronger than the old old composite because they have the aluminum spars that run along the top that are kind of in the composite subframe, um, and they have the the lower aluminum mounts that tie into it. Right. Uh, building a rack off of it is going to be a challenge. Definitely, they they didn't leave a lot of tie-in points or anything. Great. Fine for a race bike. I haven't had any issues. I've definitely looped my bike already, practicing like pivot turns and you know slow wheelies and stuff like that. But uh, as far as you know, the other aspect of our business besides wiring harness and building the rack, it looks like it's going to be a pain in the butt. So yeah, I yeah I yeah, I'm not a big. I was like when they saw that on the spec, I was like ah come on. I just want an aluminum yeah. subframe. I, yeah, I just leave it alone, please. Um, it does make yeah, aluminum subframe. Go ahead. I was gonna say aluminum subframe, old radiator cap, and the old stator, and then then yeah. it would be the perfect bike in my opinion. Yeah, I know. I I almost want it's. If I had just giant piles of money, I think it'd be pretty fun to take my XCW because I. I like XCs and XCWs, I, like whatever. I like them both for different things. But I think it'd be yeah. really interesting and fun to try to take the new XC motor and all the wiring and everything and like get that onto my old XC chassis. I mean, it would take obviously welding and, you know, whatever. Um, but that would be a brilliant motorcycle because it's, you know, aluminum subframe. I like PDS for the Rocky stuff. Uh, but you get the TBI, which runs better than anything I've ever ridden. Um, and yeah, it'd be super cool, but like, I just don't have money to, and time to just start tearing bikes oh, yeah. apart and wedging things into things. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. Br Br Hey Brody, real fast bow hunter asked me later about what piston you should get for your Husky. A vertex is what I'm going to say, but, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, but real fast, uh, Mark Dennington, what's your final thoughts on the mapping trick? I don't have any final thoughts yet because TSP hasn't done their proof of concept. Uh, Dan, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, so what, like what the XCWs are going to be next time? I'm sorry. I got no, no, oh, uh, sorry. The secret map thing. I don't know if you saw my deal where you can like hold it wide and set the mapping. Um, I did, and uh, I, I didn't try it myself. I did speak to James Dean from JD Jetting because I worked with him kind of closely, uh, and he was going to try it out on a dyno. He hasn't done that yet. He did do his regular dyno uh, run, which I don't know if you saw that. The results from that, yeah, uh, was pretty pretty impressive. It was fifty three point five stock, and with his tuner, it was fifty four point five. He's going to give me one to try out. I'm not a big fan of, honestly, of throwing tuners on my bikes if they don't really need them. But, you know, if he wants me to go ride it and test it, I'll, I'll definitely do that. Yeah. I, uh, cause the, the guys at TSP in Australia, they did a dyno run and they did the, the map and they couldn't really see anything changed, but they did find a third map. Like that was the deal. Like they found a third map in the ECU that was not, they couldn't, well, they couldn't prove that they were accessing it because it was very, very close to one of the other maps. So okay. it's almost like maybe that thing does work. Like that's a thing for down the road, or maybe that's a, a Wi-Fi module option, and that would be a way to access it. 
Um, but what he was going to do is get in there, once he figures out how to actually tune that ECU, change that third map drastically, and then try it to see if it accessed it. And I don't think they've done that yet, so... Um, but yeah, no, it'll so, be cool. If, I, I like I like watching the TSP progress. Yeah, those guys, That's what I used on my TPI to make it feel more like a car bike or get closer. Was yeah. their kit? Have you yeah. ridden one of the ones with the new injector relocator yet? No, I've got two of them in here that we're doing. Um, but one we uh, took the head off, the stock head off, to put the TSP head on, and found a scratch in the cylinder at nine hours because it was a TPI and probably not warmed up right or something. So that's yep. getting sent off. And the other one is an XC and the TSP relocator kit doesn't work with the XC with the linkage shock because the, the thing that holds the injector needs to be changed. And so that's supposed to be out January or something like that. So, so no, I have not ridden one. Unfortunately, I'm excited to, um, everybody yeah. I've talked to says they're awesome. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Uh, we deal with Steve from South Bay Motor Performance quite yeah. a bit, so that's that's who I get him through. He was giving me his feedback. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, can the uh, guy asking if the TBI ECU can be sent somewhere for the update without the bike? Um, I don't know if they'll do that or not. My dealership won't do it. They want the they want to see the bike. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Let's see uh, if anybody has other questions. Uh, okay, we keep, keep messing. Why do they keep messing with the sport, making everything harder? Says Jason. I know. Uh, there's part of me that wonders that too. But here's the thing. Here's the reason that all these things keep changing and that you can't. Well, except for YZ250s. You can buy a YZ250 and nothing has changed. <laughs> if that's what you want. Um, but. The rest of these companies are trying to sell motorcycles, and the only thing that's going to keep selling brand new motorcycles is changing them, right? Because that's just it. Like, guys, not a lot of guys buy brand new YZ250s. I mean, they do. They sell plenty of bikes, but a lot of guys are buying used YZ250s because they're the same as the new YZ250, and that's not how companies stay in business. Um, so, yeah, whatever. Um, any news on the 104 map that was what we we're just talking about. No, I don't think I talked to my friend tech at the shop. It doesn't show him, but he doesn't think there's any difference in the fueling or anything like that on the 104 map. It's just for the power valve code thing from what that's I what I've heard too. That's all I've heard too. Um, Dan, have you ever been to Colorado riding dirt bikes? Uh, I have. I'm trying to remember. I've been to Bangs Canyon. When we were oh. in Moab, we drove over and rode Bangs Canyon. Okay, that's yeah. That's the only a... time I spent the day and rode over there. So <laughs> that's a funny. That's a funny thing to drive. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool place, but like that's a lot yeah. like Moab. <laughs> it's. I know. Well, yeah. It was just we'd ridden five miles of hell. We it was our fourth trip to Moab. Uh, we were supposed to go somewhere else to ride. My buddy had it all planned out and. Go ride other trails. I can't remember what they're called right now, but uh, they were closed or the state had closed them down. And then we had already driven 110 miles and we actually just called a couple dealerships around that were open. And we're like, hey. And one of the guys is like, just go to Banks. Yeah. Well, it's a cool place. You probably were trying to come ride the Uncompagre Plateau. Was that? Does that ring any bells? Yep, I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that that's the one that gets closed. That's that's our backyard. That's my that's thirty minutes from here, um, and okay. it closes in the fall uh, on Labor Day for hunting because it's a oh. there's a big uh, trophy unit up there that guys wait like twelve years to get a tag in, and uh, got it. So they anyway they shut all the motorized stuff down up there just to give the hunters a chance to be alone and shoot a giant elk. So yeah. Um, let's see. Well, oh, uh, actually there was a question up above. Do you work on Shurko's at all? Because my friend Bruce Kennedy <laughs> was mentioning, uh, Woody from seat time who had problems with his 18 Shurko. Do you guys do any wiring stuff on those? Cause after yeah. looking at his bike, it looks pretty chintzy. The wiring on that thing looks not that awesome. So my, my bike before my 23 XC that I just sold was a, a 20, to uh 250 factory edition 
Okay. Um, and so we do have dual sport kits for the Shirkos. Uh, their wiring is not very desirable. I mean, Thank you. <laughs> it, it's, you know, bolt, bullet connectors on, yeah. on stock bikes. I'm not a big fan of, uh, yeah, it's but, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've only worked really on that, like 20 plus bikes. I don't, I can't really speak what a 2018 had. Um, yeah, you know, we've had a few guys call and ask me, you know, do our wiring harnesses fit 16 Shirkos and stuff like that. And they've taken pictures and sent it. I'm like, well, I'll send it to you. Try to mount it. If it doesn't work, you know, I'll take it back. Let me know, you know, just cause I don't, there's not that many older Shirkos around me that I can really access to, to build parts off of. So, yeah, well, that one, at least I think it was 19 when they switched, but in 18, that was the problem with Woody's is that it had a on off switch for the ignition. Um, that was stupid so whatever it also but it also turned lights on and it was a night well you know what it was it was just like uh yamaha wr oh yeah except, a little push button ex well except it was not a good it was not a water seal push button it was one of those cheesy plastic rockers that you can buy from western power sports that like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. horrible that's it, like at least the yamaha yep. was a sealed button this <laughs> but like but when you hit on the Yamaha, you push that on, it turns the tail light on. And so if you, if you use the kill switch to kill the bike, it kills the battery, whatever. It's a nightmare. So, um, the well, big difference, the newer is ones that, are not like that. No, I know. I, it, well, I asked him, I'm like, this is the dumb. He's like, well, in 19, it's not like this. I'm like, well, you need a new bike, Brian. Like that's enough. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's enough. Oh, uh, see, uh, blah, blah, blah. will you do a review of the moose balls in the tires or will, yes. Um, woods 250x i have that they are in tires or wheels they're not mounted on my bike because i'm gonna ride snow i keep forgetting snow on that bike uh this saturday morning and then might get out on the other bike to test that stupid carburetor again i think we might have it fixed which would be cool um and then um we're going to phoenix will probably be where i really get to test the moose balls because um i don't know it's there's a lot of snow and it's cold and and it's only two weeks away from that anyway. So um, we're going down to Phoenix and I'm going to take those and beat on them pretty good and see how they do. When are you going to Arizona? Uh, 30th, 31st and 1st. You want to come? I wish. We're going We're going the 20, 23rd through the 30th of January. Oh, okay. So. Right on. Yeah, yeah, we're we do a New Year's trip the last three years. We've done it in a buddy of mine i wasn't gonna go because my kids wanted to stay home for new year's and be with their friends and i was like ah, okay whatever and then a buddy of mine's like god we're all going I'm like ah so i asked my wife it'd be all right if i just boogied out so um my mechanic and i are gonna blast down there and ride for three days so um speaking of wiring what are the three wires with no ends behind the number plate on the uh 23 uh xc's Three wires with no ends. Are you talking about like the taped up yeah. pieces that come off of the main harness? Those most likely I haven't I haven't untaped them, but usually those are like a ground pack and two different power lead packs. So it's where they tie a bunch of different ones to run to a bunch of the different switches together. Uh, that's what KTM's done in the past. It's it's the new harness is so nicely done on the bikes. It's such an upgrade in twenty three with with waterproof connectors from Tyco, you know and and they've taped all their harnesses all the way up to the to the heat shrink, or, or excuse me, the sheathing. Um, so I haven't taken it apart to see. So I, I don't know exactly what they are. If I had to guess, it's a ground pack. That way you're not running, you know, six grounds up a little Like when we build a turn signal harness, you know, we'll come out and get, you know, one or two ground wires or something like that all the way and then make a ground pack off of that to run to all the connectors back there. Um, that way you're not having this huge loom that has to run all the way up the bike. So that would be, that would be my guess. I have, I have yeah. not cut it open to see. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's gotta be that. Um, uh, Bruce, uh, what did I change on the stupid carb? Great question. <laughs> um, the, so first of all, I need to, I mean, I'm going to make a video about it, but like, the guy from Xting is driven to make that thing right. Like he was so sad about my review 
and how it ran for me. And not, he didn't think I was lying. He's like, I watched it. It sounded like it ran like crap. And I'm like, yeah, it was. Um, so he did, he went out and did, I don't know how much testing on how many carburetors. Um, but he found that he was having some of them where the choke circuit was leaking. And uh, like, even though the plunger was closed and all that stuff, there's something machined wrong or I don't know, whatever. So um, what I did, Bruce, was I soldered the tube that feeds the choke circuit closed um, to take that out of the situation. And then, yeah, it makes it a little bit hard to start when it's cold, but it still starts, it's, you know, whatever. Um, and it, uh, and then change the settings back to some, anyway, whatever. It's, it's kind of a long story, but whatever. Around here in the rocks, up and down some big hills, it feels really good. So we're going to find out. Hopefully it's, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, if it sucks, I'll let you all know that it sucks. <laughs> uh, snake oiler. Not, uh, not a fan of meter and rod cards. Yeah. Thank you. Me neither. Uh, I said, I'm not. A yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a, like, whatever. Keen, I've, keen air striker. Yeah. Keen it's, air striker and you're done. I mean. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I mean, I've been over this so many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I don't know why people have such a hard time with a Kian. Um, and really the Makuni wasn't bad once you got the jet block gasket fixed and a yeah. better needle in it. Um, but it, anyway, a Kian, it just works. And it, for yep. me, I can ride from Moab, which is about 4,000 feet, to 12,000 feet without changing a jet. I, yeah. It's fine. And maybe it's a little rich up top. Oh, okay. I mean, it's 12,000 feet. What are you going to do? I mean, you're not drag racing the thing. Like, who cares? Um, yeah. And as long as it doesn't follow a plug, I don't really care if it's a little on the rich side. So, I, you know, I'm not a fan of metering rod carbs. I never have been. I probably never will be. Um, but this guy is really dying to make it right. Um, and it's funny because everybody, like I had some guy get a hold of me. He, man, he went off on YouTube online in the comments, like just whatever. Said, I don't know what I'm talking about and all this stuff. And he said, he's a number, AMA number one plate holder and all this stuff. And I looked him up and I, I looked, all I could really, I, first of all, I couldn't see any AMA number one plates held by this guy's name, whatever. Um, <laughs> So, but then all I could see on his profile was a road race bike and I'm like, okay, so metering rod stuff does work well in road race situations because it's kind of a constant throttle opening. It's yeah. wide open and, and that's why they use, I mean, the dominator carburetor that they used in NASCAR forever was a metering rod carburetor because again, you just mash it open and go like. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Well, that doesn't work with dirt bikes. Like, it doesn't... Anyway, so, yeah, we don't have to go down that road. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh, this guy might... You might be able to answer this. Uh, 22 XCFW 500, giving a code 17. Do you know what that is, Dan? Not off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. Okay. I, I, I got my manual out in the shop. I could probably figure it out, but... Yeah. Yeah, Shirley Krusty 1, your name, whatever. Uh, Shirley... You can Google that, um, but I, I don't know either, unfortunately. Um, okay, so here we go. Someone who's had great last, great success with their smart carb too. Um, good for Texas, easy tune, college, no just. So, um, yeah, I, some people have good luck, other people don't. I don't want to argue about it. Like, if you like it, that's awesome. I don't, honestly, don't listen to people on the internet. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever gets you out and riding. And if yeah. you're happy with it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to guys on the internet giving you a hard time. Um, I mean, me, that's what I'm, I'm talking about me. <laughs> Just <laughs> do what is awesome and works for you. And if you, and if you, but if you have a problem with it, don't be afraid to shit can it, excuse me, as fast as possible to go back to something that just works. Like, yeah. like, and, and yes, uh, the, the TBI is, he's got a TBI 250 XC is, freaking brilliant i don't know have you so have you i good have you ridden a 250 yet no nah, i don't have any around here everybody in colorado wants a 300 so i know i haven't i, I really want to ride a 250 i i do like i do like that 250 kind of wide open over rev better power but because i came off my shirt was a 250 and and getting the 300 my tpi 300 my biggest 
gripe was it just it was like I had to shift way too soon because I was out of top end. Yeah. Uh, and the new 300 is so much, it just oh. wants to over rev to the moon. Yeah. So once, once the snow's melted on the, on the east side of the Cascades and mm. I can get over to Matawa, which is our big sand hill, you know, rock yeah. stuff over there, I cannot wait to get over there and just let that thing sing on long yeah. hill climbs. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've had a lot of two fifties and my, my last race bike was a one twenty five. And I swear this 300 revs like that 125. It is out They're of They're insane hand. on the top end. They're <laughs> insane on the top end. I mean, in the green map, it's like, it seriously feels like a 125 only with torque, right? Like, yeah. it yeah. just, yeah, I get scared. <laughs> and so I shift it because I'm like, well, it, it's either going to blow up or I don't know, you know, so I just shift the thing. <laughs> but it, I don't feel like you need to. It just keeps pulling. Yeah. It's yeah, it's brilliant. I'm so happy with it. Um, to see Datsun, where do you live, Datsun? I'm, he's got a little Datsun truck in his thing. He said you can ride mine. I'd love to ride yours, but I don't think you live near me. Um, if you do, come over here and I'll ride it. Um, uh, yeah, I'd be riding with the nail stand at my good job. Um, oh, Jay, I haven't found a good builder who likes Electron, the junk. So. Short story about, like, I really don't like Lectron. The company is that I sold a ton of those carburetors for them uh, for a while because people were really struggling with the Makunas. Before they kind of figured out the whole jet block thing, then back in 17 when they came out and people were like, ah. So they sold a ton. That that bike was really good for uh, Lectron. <laughs> and so um, they sold a ton of those things. I sold a bunch to the shop. Uh, I was a dealer, whatever. Move forward. I quit running. Actually, I still had one on my YZ because they had given it to me anyway. Um, but I kind of got away from them. We figured out the Makunis. We got them dialed in. People were pretty happy with them. I was like, ah, you don't need to spend money on a $500 carburetor. And um, I had an old customer come in and he needed a slide because the slides are stupid on Electrons. I'm sorry, Electron. But anyway, they're zinc and they wear out. So he needed a slide. So I called Electron and said, hey, I need a slide you know, X slide for this, blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, you're not a dealer. I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm, I've sold like 50 of those carburetors for you. And they're like, well, you're not a dealer anymore. You didn't meet our minimum. I'm like, well, what's the minimum? I'm like, well, if you want to be a dealer now, you have to place a $3,500 order. I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. And so, and that this is after they had become available through Tucker Rocky. And I'm like, well, does Tucker carry those slides? No. I'm like, so how do I get a slide for my customer? Well, you can pay retail for it. I'm like, you guys suck. So I had my customer just call them up and order it. And that was it. I, after that, I'm like, yeah, anyway. I, I, I have a story about Electron too. But basically, we had a car for a customer bike, set it up. It was a 16 TE 300. And I tried to talk him like, we can just dial in your key and it's going to be, it's going to be better, right? Don't worry about it. And it's like, no, the internet, internet says Electron. I got to do Electron. I'm like, all right. So we threw one on, ran like garbage, talked to him, you know, three different meter and rods, playing with it. Finally, they're like, send it back. They're like, all right, we dynoed it on the same exact bike, sent it back to me. They're like, don't touch it. Put it on the bike and tell your customer to go ride it. Went and rode it. It leaned out. Bike blew up, seized the top end. Customer brings the bike back. I call him like, hey, man, I did, I did what you said. You know, now now I got to do this top end, and they're like, "Sorry, we can't help you." And I was like, "All right, never again. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing it again." So yeah, it's, it people people love them, and if they love them, that's great. I I just I will always just buy a Keen Air Striker carb and throw it on my bike and be done. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Yamaha Woods 250X uh, can't get an XC anywhere. Yeah, um, I'm looking at an uh, SX to build it. So. That's not a bad situation if you don't mind the transmission. Um, and the transmission is good. It's just first gear is really tall compared to the XC. Um, but the, the ratios, I think, are good. Uh, they just start higher up. Um, that's how I feel about it. Uh, so if you don't mind like gearing the whole thing down for the woods and then not having that overdrive sixth, then you're fine. Uh, other than that, they're basically the same. Um, but little birdie who knows an awful lot, 
just told me that there are some serious amounts of XCs coming very soon. Um, there's, I, yeah, I hear that there's going to be a whole bunch of them. So just be patient, I would say, um, and wait because it's winter time. Just, yeah, wait. Cause I hear there's enough coming that there might be actually some deals on them financially too. So, um, yeah, I would, I would hang out and wait. There's a couple of my local shop that are below MSRP right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. There's one, there's actually one here in Montrose. He's still got MSRP on it, but like, um, but it's sitting on the floor. You can go buy it right now. So, uh, let's see. I'm still talking about uh, electrons, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the electron thing behind. I don't want to, whatever. Anyway. Well, we can talk about oil next. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about oil and tires. How about that? <laughs> You want to talk about? Do you want to talk about two-stroke oil or motor oil? Because like you know, those are two <laughs> giant did situations. I run, did I run Rotella in my bike? Oh God! I mean, anyway, <laughs> it's like I I swore I would never do that again, and then somebody freaking got on the live show and brought it up, and the thing went. And I was like, damn it! <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Not yeah, doing we that. are not doing that. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so, oh, so again, you told me already, but where in, where are you in Washington? So, and if, and if people want to get a hold of you, how would they get a hold of you to buy a wiring harness? Uh, so I am in Rainier, Washington, which is just a small little podunk town with two gas stations and a couple schools, uh, basically right outside of Olympia, Washington, which is the capital about 15 minutes away from Olympia, uh, getting a hold of me. Under the contact info on truenorthmotos.com, that email and that phone number both go directly to me. I'm the one who deals with all the customers direct. So if you're calling and you're talking to somebody, it's going to be me. If you're sending an email, I'm, I'm the one replying to it. So, Right on. Um, dude named Eric trying to push dents out on the pipe. What's the max PSI from the kit? Uh, my max is 80 PSI, just real quick. So I, I, I don't go much over that. I've never had one blow off at 80 so I stick with that. Uh, let's see. Got an 08 KX450. How hard is it to replace the oil seal for the valves? Uh, oh, this is head off problem. Uh, well, you got to take the valves out, dude. So you got to have a valve spring compressor um, and all that to get the valves off and then pull it out. So it's not hard if you have a valve spring compressor. If you don't have a valve spring compressor, it's almost impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, um, because you can't do the, well, I don't know. So back, in, I don't know. I have friends that used to work on old uh, trucks. You could you could pressurize the motor and have the valves push out, and then just push it down with like a socket and get it off. Um, but I don't. And like they used to do that with like old Chevys. You could do valve seals without taking the motor the head off. Because you could just you'd put air pressure to each cylinder, and it would you know push the piston down close the valves and then from the outside you could take the thing apart pull the valve seal off and put it back on but i've never tried it on a dirt bike i don't think it's probably a good idea um uh that's what uh 40 to 1 60 to 1 what are you using with the tbi me personally um is uh i'm doing 40 to 1 uh and a quick story about that i had a guy who's been following me a lot of these uh, TBIs are Fallon plugs. They're running BR-80Ss and they're Fallon plugs. And uh, it's weirdly enough, mine came with a seven. So I stuck with a seven, never fouled a plug. Also, I've been running 40 to one. So this guy uh, understands two strokes and he understands that 40 to one is actually leaner than 60 to yep. one. And so he went from 60 to one to 40 to one and it cleaned his bike up. It quit loading up like it was doing before. And he's actually, he's going to probably go to 32 to one and just see if it's even better. Um, because it, oh, that spooge coming out of the back of your bike is not always oil from being too rich with oil. Um, it it yeah. can have that to do with it, but a lot of it has to do with just too rich of a mixture. Um, and like I said, 40 to one, is less gas per oil, so it's leaner. 
um, burning. And and the the TBI is not smart enough to know the difference between 60 to 1 and 40 to 1 as far as like there's no thing to tell it that there's different gas in there. It's just Yeah, I, I did 61 originally with with MotorX uh, and now I am running 50 to 1 with the 7 and I have yeah. not fouled the plug since. So Yeah. So it's a thing that guys don't understand. Um, everybody thinks that more... Fifty parts of oil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they so, don't... I, I get it. There's a lot of people that don't... I don't know. They just don't see it that way, right? They don't... They're like, it's richer. I'm like, no, it's not. It's leaner. And it can get hotter yeah. that way, too. You can run... Yeah. You know, if you run too much oil, you can get a hotter motor, which actually in these situations might not be a bad thing since they're... Some of them are loading up and... Uh, foul and plugs. If you get the heat in the motor up a little bit, you don't want to go crazy. Obviously, and get detonation going on, but um, you know you might get a clean. So I might try thirty-two to one too. Just I haven't run thirty-two to one in freaking anything in forever, but I might try it just to see what happens. <laughs> like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Real quick. Oh, oh God, Sandy. I'm not going to answer your question. I will. I'm going to read your question, but I'm going to. This is what I'm. I'm not going to answer. What do you think about guys who swear about using ATF of, of, for motor oil in the cra- or in the crankcase? I'm not. We're not talking about oil, um, but that's a bad idea. I don't know. Well, maybe it's not a bad it's, idea. I mean, I don't know. It, Whatever. It stinks when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It smells terrible when it comes out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'd probably be just fine. Um, okay. But uh, so. Um, found it as Dan and Morgan, what race series are you doing in 2023? I'll leave that to you first, Dan. Uh, so I will be racing all of the Enduro series, uh, in, in my local area here. Um, NMA is the one who puts on the series Northwest Motorcycle Association. So there's, it's all local in Washington. And then I'll probably do a few hair scrambles and, and then also the Desert 100, which Morgan, if you've never been to Desert 100, you got to come out and do that. It's I know it's I've got to do that one. Yeah, uh, it's it's super fun. And then I'll be doing the the 24 hour race again here in Washington. So. Nice. Yeah, I am going to be. It's going to be interesting this year because we lost our local hair scramble series that was always the go to all uh, summer. Super fun, and um, the owners just got out of it, and I don't think anybody. No one has bought it yet. I don't, I doubt anyone's going to buy it. I mean, so maybe that'll change. It's a weeby hair scramble series. It's a bummer. Um, but, uh, so I'm going to be racing uh, Rocky Mountain Enduro Circuit stuff. So probably cherry pick. I'll, I'll probably take the summer off of doing any kind of series, um, mainly because we don't have a, a single one. Like the Rocky Mountain Enduro Circuit is goes from Texas to Nebraska. I just can't travel that far. Like, I just, I can't do it. It's just too much. Um, cause my kids are old enough to race and all that, but they got lots of things going on and anyway, so, um, but I'll, I'll try to hit as many RMEC races as possible and maybe some corks races, which is another hair scramble series, but it's on the other side of our state, um, over on the East slope. So, uh, might get a lot of that. Um, hopefully we'll see, uh, people still talking about oil. I don't do it. <laughs> um, Area 51 Enduro Guy. Hey, from Ohio. How's it going, man? Um, Lucas, oh, the springs are super stiff. Hard to push down. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's a thing that, you, like I said, on cars you could do it. Uh, Bruce Kennedy asked, Dan, is there a lot of public marked trail in your area? There is a ton of public marked trails in Washington. Uh, traveling around, like I said, I've only been to Colorado in one little area, but, you know, Moab, Arizona, Oregon, uh, Idaho. I, actually, I'm, no, I haven't. I was supposed to go to Idaho last year. I'm, I'm brain farting there. But uh, Washington and the Cascades is some of the best mountain trail riding. I haven't been to Colorado. I really want to get there for their mountain yeah. trail riding. But it's just, it's very different. Oregon's very similar. If you're going in, you know, the northern, northwest part of Oregon is very similar. But, you know, big roots. Uh, and the winter when it first opens, snow melts, very slippery roots, big rocks, you know, and, and the rocks, it's not like Moab where you just have constant traction. It's, right. it's like, you better have momentum when you hit them. Cause your tire is going to be spinning all the way up the thing. Uh, so the trails here are great. 
Another thing is you can ride pretty much year round. There's a lot of low level sea level trails that still have elevation up to, you know, 1500 feet, 2,500 feet, something like that. Oh, dang. We lost you a little bit, Dan. Uh, we'll jump back in here. Uh, Northwest Moto, good to see you. Northwest Moto, do you know uh, Dan from Trin We lost you there for a little bit, dude. Uh, but you're saying like up to 1,500 oh, feet? That's okay. You said up to 1,500 feet and then I'm guessing just all, I mean, it sounds awesome. I've heard that uh, the writing there, I've got friends in Washington and Oregon that like, keep screaming at me to get up there. It's just right now, it's, it's a long way to go when well, it's just like it, you coming to colorado it's like it's a long way to come yep yeah and you've got awesome if, writing <laughs> if if you if you ever do i got i got 15 acres you can park here and and yeah. I'll, I'll tour you around so yeah i'll make but, it up uh, there no, eventually yeah it's it's up to like 2500 feet depending on how the snow is that you can ride in the winter time sorry my my internet's hitting miss because i'm on satellite internet here so yeah i, I apologize right. if i cut out that's all right. No worries. It, it, yeah, that's all right. You live in a small, I, I live in a small town. You live in a very small town. So, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> Northwest moto. I don't know Dan, but he's not lying. I, yeah, I got to get up there. Cause the West in general is like Bruce just as you like, come on out to Michigan. One of these days I'll make it out, you know, back East, but I don't know. It's hard for me to leave the West. Cause I don't know. It's the West. <laughs> It's open. It's public land. It's glorious <laughs> freedom. <Yep. laughs> it's not a lot of rules. It's it's a nice place to be. So um, one of these days I'll get back east. But my next goals are the northwest. In fact, actually, probably this summer, this coming summer, I'm gonna try to get to the northwest because I've I've actually I spent a bunch of no, no I spent a fair amount of time up there on my honeymoon 23 years ago um, climbing and stuff because that's back when I, was, I wasn't really riding dirt bikes um and then i took my kids out there not long ago um just to show them my my, my wife and i brought them out and showed them the coast because uh, they had never seen that and it was super awesome and uh yeah I, I i love the northwest i think it's an amazing place and i just need to get out there but um let's see washington riding is epic yeah uh, the Travis Englehart. I don't know if you know these guys. Um, let's see. Uh, New Mexico Desert Racer. Are side-by-sides tearing up anyone areas? Yes, around here. How, yeah, how is your side-by-side -side situation up there? Uh, it's it's not too bad because the, the trails are very tight, so the side-by-sides can't fit on them. Now, if you get into mixed trail use systems where you have to use side-by-side -side trails with trails to connect then it can be kind of sketchy it's definitely getting you know torn up in those type of zones but most of it because of how heavily treed everything is you're you're kind of separated from the side by sides yeah so. that's how it, like south have you ever ridden south dakota at all no it's super cool it's really small like the area to ride is very small like because most of south dakota is just a flat pancake but uh the yeah. black hills are really really cool and uh, there's a ton of side-by-sides, like, uh, like you go into like the town, like where you're going to have lunch or whatever. It's cause it's, it's neat too. There's like tiny little towns all over and you could ride in and have lunch and ride out, whatever. It's awesome. Um, and there's side-by-sides freaking everywhere, but they can't go on the single track because they just can't go. I mean, it's trees. Yeah. I mean, they'd, they'd have to be out there cutting trees with chainsaws for years to go yeah. mess up single track. Our desert out here, that's what gets jacked up by side-by-sides. It's unfortunate because it's deserty, so there's no trees to keep them off of it. And if it's wide enough to not flip one over, the idiots will go. Um, <laughs> and it's so annoying. But fortunately, where we live, I mean, like where I live is, is desert, so we can ride pretty much year-round. We've got a, you know, spiky tires here and there every now and then, but it's nice. But then around us is all the mountains, like, you know, that everybody's heard of Taylor Park, the Uncle Parker Plateau, Sargents, and all that stuff is is an hour and a half for me, so it's super close. Um, yeah. But uh, and and the side by sides can't get through those trees either. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I actually I had a I had a friend's wife get wiped out by a side by side. Fortunately, she's okay, but it was pretty ugly um, on a road. They were just going down a road, and she's like 
she and her husband are both very um, conservative riders, I'll say. Like, they're good, but they don't go fast. They just, you know, they're just yeah. out having fun, right? And they were on the right-hand side of the road doing their thing, and she's out front because he's being in back just in case something happens. You know, he's just doing the right thing. Come around a turn, and the side-by-side is just pinned. And boom, broke her leg. I mean, it was it was horrific. And it was like, come on, guys, you know, but it sucks. It Let's, does suck. Uh, Datsun, you're in Kremlin. You said, um, I will come up and see you because that's close to Steamboat. And, yeah, I want to do that. Um, Let's see. Trails on side hills are the solution to side-by-sides. Yes, Jim. Hey, Jim, I'm coming to Phoenix. Are you going to be there? Um, let me know if you you freaking better be, actually, now that I saw you. <laughs> Jim Nash, you tiny little legs. we we got to go ride. Um, uh, Tom <laughs> Coral, uh, 23XC300 or TX300Y. Um, honestly, the, those bikes are pretty much identical, aren't they? I have feedback because we have both. Okay, yeah. So we have both in the shop. Um, so very similar. I kind of like the Husky plastics. There's two big things I don't like about the Husky. The stupid shock cover thing they made on the Husky on the right side to cover ah. where you can adjust your, oh, your yeah. high speed, everything yeah. right there. I hate that thing. It's a pain in the butt. It sucks to remove. Um, that and then... Husky, they were all supposed to come with Brembo's, and Husky, somehow they all came with brake tech. So the Huskies have brake tech. Uh, glad I bought a KTM. I like Brembo's, uh, and I really hate that plastic piece. Otherwise, they're both fantastic bikes. I mean, yeah. you can't really go wrong. Well, because this year, they both had the same subframe, so that's not yeah. a, a deal breaker either way. I guess the, the Husky sits a tiny bit lower, like if you had a a shorter inseam it's a little bit lower i think it does and then also that that grab handle on the husky you know yeah. how the ktm goes all the way through yeah the husky stops huh. um and it and it and the subframe is actually the the electrical layout of where they're going to put connectors i think for like the te and the xcw are different between the ktm and the husky so there is there is some difference i don't know if the subframe is exactly the same but the layout is is different Right. The other thing I just heard about the Husky, and I don't know, maybe you didn't notice this yet, but that the TX, not only did it come with brake tech, supposed to have Brembo, it also came with a roller chain, like a non-O-ring chain. Ours didn't. I, Ours came with an O-ring chain. Really? Because this, yeah. who was it? Someone got a whole, like, you know, was like freaking out because their Husky came, he was watching one of my videos about the bike. I'm like, oh, ring chain, the SX, you know, cause I was doing the SX versus XC and then, you know, SX doesn't have a, you know, O-ring chain. So that's kind of a bummer. That's a hundred dollars you got to spend, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, my stupid TX <laughs> didn't come with an O-ring chain. <laughs> so he went to the dealer and every, there, that dealer, every Husky they, TX 300 they had came with a non-O-ring chain. Yeah, we have a, we have a really good relationship with that we buy all our OEM parts one Husky dealer and one KTM dealer here in the Olympia area. Uh, and the, we had money on both and, and the Husky was supposed to come with Brembo and he, and he called me. He's like, I just got, you know, bird told me that Brembo's running out. So Husky's going to have to use brake tech. And it's actually like, if you look at the model number, when they, they change them, it'll say Husqvarna TX 300 BT. So like the really? first, the, the first ones that came out, because there's TXs, 23 TXs that came out with Brembo's, but it's like huh. there was a shortage or something, because right. there was there was a there was five Huskies that ended up at a Washington dealership in like can't remember what it was. It was like August, way before anybody else got the bikes, and they sold like right away. All yeah. those had Brembo's. So ah. there's a guy in Washington that has like 70 hours on his now, gotcha. and he's had it since since like august but yeah i don't know if it was a supply thing or or what i mean it'll probably be the same old thing and blame covid and yeah. you know we couldn't get them type of thing but yeah. <laughs> who knows who and knows i've so someone was like asking brake tech uh said the brake tech is so nice the pull and the clutch I, and i've had i've got a friend with a gas gas he's got quite a few hours on his gas gas that has brake tech and he's had zero problems so i don't know if you've seen any problems with brake techs um, no, I and the the clutch actually feels great. The rear brake, I can't notice much of a difference. It's the front brake that is a big 
difference to me. And maybe it's just because I'm so used to Brembo. It just, it feels spongier. doesn't feel like it has as much bite with one finger, you know? Right. Um, but I, I don't think they're terrible components. I was just excited to get a Brembo Husky TX, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so Bruce is like, you ever, um, he sent me a picture and I did see this. Um, he said, you ever see the brake tech front caliper sitting way outside the rotor um, so that the, and there's a, there's a couple pictures online where the, the caliper is sitting so far outside the rotor that it's only like hitting half of the pad and it's stock really? bone stock, like stock bike. And I, it's like, it's almost like it was set up for a big rotor, but they used a small rotor, Yeah, you know, like they set up for a 280 and they put a 250 on it or something like that. Um, yeah, the caliper carry off or something like that. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. I did see that, Bruce, and that's weird. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, oh, yeah, Jim Nash did mention, I will mention, there's a whole bunch of you guys watching and only 36 thumbs up. So back out of the chat, give us a thumbs up, and then come back in. And, oh, actually, also, quick, Dan, where do we find you on the socials? Uh, you've got a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, i got a YouTube channel. It's I, I am not as... YouTube savvy as you are, Morgan, but uh, I try to post up a video every now and then. Most of most of the stuff I'm posting up now are like new products and install videos and, and reviews and stuff like that. Uh, but True North Motos on 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 YouTube, um, True North Motos at True North Motos on Instagram, same thing on on Facebook. So, right on, cool, yeah. And actually, your install videos are really good. I've watched a few of them. I watched one before. I installed the thing. I did not get as far as the wiring routing. Uh, so I had to fix that after you sent me that picture. Um, but I mean, I don't know. The routing I had was fine. Um, but your routing oh, yeah. was better. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah, no, Dan's videos are really, really good. Um, and if, I highly recommend his products, guys. I cannot tell you how nice that harness is. It just looks OEM. It just is sweet. You know, it just fits it looks oem everything's sealed up it's really really nice um i mean great job Appreciate on that. It. i'm sure all your other Appreciate ones it. are the same way um let's see uh will ktms ever hold on uh come with a floating rear rotor now that no no bike's gonna come with a floating rear rotor that i know of that would be weird um uh Oh, hey, do you run, actually, you ride in the mud more than we do. Do you run a solid rear rotor? No. Okay. Nope. Never had an issue, really. So, yeah. Me I mean, I have on a, I, I have on like, I think I owned an Erzberg for a little while and that, that came with one. But, I know. you know, other than that, I'm not buying a solid rear rotor to replace mine. So, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to replace a good rotor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if I bend the crap out of one or whatever, maybe I'll try it. But I, I, I don't, I don't know. For, especially out here in the in the dry, we're so dry here compared to you guys. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, uh, Jason Lab, however you pronounce that, uh, had to buy a hot rods rebuild kit in an emergency for a friend's bike. How bad did I screw up? What did you? What are you rebuilding um, with the hot rods? Is it a crank? or what let us know what you're talking about hot i've not had too much problem with hot rods um i did ah well small bikes i've had issues with their stuff on small bikes like hundreds and smaller um but never on a big bike well i don't know how do you do a lot of like crank up stuff at your shop dan no no we don't do it i mean we'll do top ends and stuff like that um if i'm gonna do bottom end rebuilds and stuff I, I generally bring it to Dave Sheets at TBT, who is one of the, our local guy who we use for suspension and everything. He does motor builds. Uh, just with production of wiring harnesses and racks and still doing bike work, taking on full engine builds and, yeah. and full big projects. I just don't have the time at the moment. So, Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Datsun, your, 22, your 22 250FX doesn't have a floating rear rotor. It might have a floating front rotor because it's Yamaha. They've always run those floating front rotors. Um, but I mean, I got piles of Yamahas. I don't, have you ever seen a Yamaha with a floating rear rotor? I've never seen one. Nope. Yeah. I guess so. they had a Travis Englehart from PNW Dirt Talk. What's up, Travis? Oh, yeah. Heck yeah, dude. Right on. <laughs> um, top and bottom end rebuild, Jason. Um, 
you'll be fine with that as long as it's a big bike. I did have, I had a, a KX85 we did a full motor on that the crank failed from uh, hot rods. And then actually my kids KX100 um, didn't have a crank fail, but I had a main bearing fail uh, at like an hour. And it, my, I got lucky, my kid's got a real sensitive ear and he heard it whining. And it was like, dad's making weird noises. And I'm like, what? And, uh, and I'm like, no, it's not. And then I'm like, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> so I shut it off and <laughs> split the cases again. Cause we bought the bike blown up and anyway, split the cases again, got an OEM set of bearings and it was fine. So, um, okay. Your 790 ADV has a floating rear rotor right on. Okay. But it's not dirt bikes. <laughs> um, and Travis, yes, you are famous now. <laughs> um, <laughs> sweet. Well, it's been an hour, so I'm going to go ahead and shut this thing down. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for having me. make sure you go check out True North Motos. If you have a newer KTM and you need a wiring harness, please do that. Check out his racks. I'm sure they're awesome. I haven't actually, I haven't actually checked those out. Um, oh, and, and wait, I got the new Enduro shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. If you've raced Enduros, you know the danger sign. <laughs> that is so awesome. So, I need it'll, one it'll of those. Be on the site soon. I definitely need oh, one of I'm those. I'm going to send you one tomorrow. Sick. Yes, I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. All you guys watching, thank you so yep. much. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Next week, I'm trying to get Chris Vestal from Moto Minded on. So, um, because yeah. Chris does cool electronic stuff too. So uh, Punk Rock Club, we love you guys the most. You're better than everyone else. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Dan, don't go away. I'm going to hit the finish button, but don't go away quite yet. So guys, take care. We'll talk okay. to you in the next one.